Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, good evening, friends, and welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. It is Tuesday, June the 1st. It's an important day because we're going to have lots of information regarding the Miami-Alabama game for fans coming up. Dan Boyd, Associate Athletic Director of Sales and Service at the University of Miami, will join us momentarily. Also a part of our big show that Stephen Preciado will be producing tonight, we'll hear from Don Bailey Jr. and his former teammates, who uh, Howard Schnellenberger called the rock of his defense. Fitzy, Tony Fitzpatrick, and Don Bailey Jr. will be with us. She has been a great representative of the University of Miami, finished up a little bit short last week for the Women's National Championship in, uh, in tennis. Estela Perez Samariba will be with us. And what a great ambassador and terrific story she is. Won a national championship, played for it again last week, came up a little bit short. Then, hour number two goes to college baseball and the University of Miami. The Hurricanes will be in the regionals this year, the Gainesville Regional. They will open up on Friday night at 5 o'clock, Friday afternoon, 5 o'clock against South Alabama, also in that regional, of course, the Gators and South Florida. Kendall Rogers will take a look at the Hurricanes' path to the Super Regional and the NCAA Baseball Tournament. Anthony Villar joins us, as well as J.D. Artiaga as we talk about the Hurricanes' pitching staff going in to that Gainesville Regional. So all of that is coming up for you on the show. But first, let's get some information on Miami and Alabama. Okay, so let's jump into a very interesting subject, and that is tickets for the University of Miami Associate AD Sales and Service. Dan Boyd is joining us again, and Dan will be with us throughout the summer to keep everybody updated on ticket information for the University of Miami. But perhaps the most important thing is today, as we begin the month of June, tickets are opening up. Dan, and thank you for being with us. Tickets are opening up for that Miami-Alabama game. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for having me back on the show. And yes, today was a day that we had circled on our calendar to finally communicate ticket information to all of our Hurricane fans regarding the big game in Atlanta, um, September 4th, 3.30 p.m., facing off against the defending national champions, Alabama, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And we, as an athletics department, had the opportunity to um, extend ticket offers out to our fan base. All right, let's uh, go through this on, uh, I don't know if you, can, if you know how many tickets you have to sell or if that uh, number is important, but uh, who can get these tickets, who will have access to the tickets, and how do they go about seeing Miami and, and Alabama in Atlanta through, through the University of Miami? Yeah, and it's really important to emphasize that when Canes fans purchase through the athletics department, it helps us sell out from our obligation a certain quantity of tickets for that game. But also, you, the fans get to sit together and create that Miami community um, in Atlanta. And so it's an opportunity to, to be seated on our side of the uh, sideline as well as 
you know, making sure you get the best seats at the best price through um, our athletics department. And so all Canes fans will have the opportunity to purchase these tickets as long as inventory remains. However, Hurricane Club members receive priority access. And that's really one of the biggest benefits of being a Hurricane Club member is priority access to choose your game tickets for this big event. And becoming a Hurricane Club member is really simple. I wanted to start off with that point, Joe, is that all football and men's and basketball season ticket holders are automatically considered Hurricane Club members. No more seating donations. That season ticket can be your pathway to becoming a Hurricane Club member. Or Hurricane Club members who do not purchase season tickets can also give a $100 student impact donation. That is directly contributed to our student-athletes and our Building Champions campaign here. And so that supports all of the operational and scholarship needs for our student-athletes. Both of those are pathways to become Hurricane Club members. And once again, the biggest benefit uh, receiving that priority access to purchase game tickets to the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Okay, so in the terms of uh, uh, purchasing, so I'm eligible to purchase tickets. Uh, how do we go through the process of purchasing tickets, and how many tickets can I purchase? So let's run through the timeline really quick. So today being June 1st, we announced all of our ticket information sent via email and social media to everybody in our database. Season ticket holders who also give a student impact donation or is a preferred tier and their on sale date is June 14th. And then tier three are season ticket holders or Hurricane Club members who give a student impact donation, which will be June 17th. We then have a one-day pre-sale for our app users on June 21st, and then going out to all general public and everybody who has access to the ticketing system on June 22nd. So there is a significant advantage to being a Hurricane Club member and being able to choose earlier, best seats at the best price. And then all fans will have a max limit purchase of 10 tickets. So this is unique where we're giving fans a lot of opportunities to purchase the exact amount of seats that they need for the game. Yeah, no question, ten tickets. That's a that's a nice uh, number. Um, you know, people uh, in the past have always enjoyed a printed ticket. We are in times where we're going paperless. Uh, will that be the case at Mercedes Benz Stadium? They in the past have been a mobile ticket operation. Yes. So much like Hard Rock Stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is all mobile tickets. So once you purchase, a confirmation email will be sent to your email address confirming your seat location and your receipt, also with information about our mobile ticketed guidelines. And in August, before kickoff and well in advance of the season opener, you'll receive a link that you can download your mobile tickets and be all set up for game day. One thing I also want to mention about tickets are there's two different price points that we're offering. Uh, starting at $125 for the upper level, and then there are tickets for $250 each that are in the lower level or what they consider the mezzanine, the 200 level at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So is it as easy once you get through some of the priority, is it as easy for a fan uh, to contact the ticket officer, go online, eventually be able to order uh, tickets? Yeah, great question. So those who have a reserved or preferred date, they'll get an email with a link to be able to purchase or to be able to call our Hurricanes ticket office for assistance. All other fans, once we get to that general public on sale, we'll be able to do exactly the same. Either call us at 1-800-GO-CANES, email us at canesticks at miami.edu, or visit miamihurricanes.com backslash tickets. All those will be pathways to purchase these individual game tickets and be able to go online, and we even have a pick-your-own-seat map. So you'll know the exact section, row, and seat number uh, to be able to go to the game. And we need Hurricane fans, one, to get involved because there are going to be a lot of Alabama fans there. And two, as you mentioned, purchasing through the University of Miami certainly helps the University of Miami. And those are two really big, important points. I mean, one, we want to create that stadium experience like we know all too well at Hard Rock Stadium in Atlanta. And we all know Canes fans travel very well. I remember going out to Texas just a couple of years against LSU and our Canes fans came with a roaring might. And I think we have the opportunity to create something very similar, if not even bigger, in Atlanta. And then secondly, exactly like you said, 
that purchasing through UM Athletics helps our department and in turn helps our student athletes become even more successful. Whenever we can sell out of an allotment and we can increase donations to certain funds, it all goes back to our student athletes and supporting them. Uh, a question you will often get, especially at home, but this is a, a, a neutral site game in Atlanta. Uh, fans go to Atlanta. What about parking? Do they need parking? What happens with parking at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Sure. It will be an offering that we make out to our fans who are purchasing tickets to the event. Now, the stadium, they control all of their parking sales, and we expect that to be available later in July. So after the on-sale, people are going to be able to buy their tickets, and parking will not immediately be an option. However, we will communicate with all ticket holders um, later in the month of July with an information and a link to purchase parking so that when you're traveling to Atlanta, whether that's through car or um, through airplane or however you may be getting up to the uh, big game, we'll have an option for you to make sure you know how to get to the stadium. And Mercedes-Benz, for those who haven't been there, is a world-class facility. They have a lot of transportation options in addition to parking, and we'll have all that information featured in that email as well. Yeah, yeah I've never been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I I think it's also walkable if you're staying in the in the vicinity. So uh, that also helps. Dan Boyd, University of Miami Tickets, is with us. Away from the Alabama game, let's go back to uh, games at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, and season tickets are on sale for games at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, single game tickets are on sale for games at Hard Rock Stadium. Yes, we're considered full menu at this point. So we have every type of ticket for our Canes fans available now. As you mentioned, season tickets, um, they start at only $190 um, in our upper level, $350 in our lower level, and $825 in our club level. So a wide variety of options in between all of those different price points. And Canes fans who are interested can certainly call 1-800-GO-CANES or visit our online website of Miami Hurricanes com backslash tickets um, and then in addition to the season ticket offerings we're fully available for single games um, and so if, if season something you can't commit to all seven um, you can select specific events and look at the available inventory uh, on a single game basis the September 18th the first Michigan State is already our fastest selling game oh. uh, we have nearly 2,000 tickets sold for that game alone so uh, it is something we have circled on our calendar but certainly a lot of other ACC matchups later in the year to, to look forward to as well. You have some really cool tic- uh, ticket options, though, uh, for fans this year, both in terms of where they can sit and the price point. Uh, you have different programs, and I think uh, you pretty much are covering just about every kind of fan imaginable and giving them many different options. Yeah, you're exactly right, and we have those options from – as much as an annual luxury suite, an air-conditioned box with you know 12 to 24 seats, um, you have all-inclusive experiences that include food, beverage, wine, beer, and, and a shared hospitality environment. You have lower sideline where you can be really close to the action and, and really um, into the event experience. And then you have club level where you have the hybrid of the outside seating but can retreat back to you know club level lobbies with TVs and bars and restaurants. But then of course you have you know an entry level experience such as the 300 level where you may have a great midfield seating to kind of catch that bird's eye view and see all the action or you might be able to sit in the end zones. We have that uh, that all-22 view of, of being able to see the field of play and everything develop. So like you said, Joe, there's just a variety of options on a season and single-game basis that are available for all budgets and, and all type of experiences as we look ahead to the season. Also, before we leave football tickets, I think it's important to note, uh, and we know this right now, in September for home games, we already know three of the starting times. They, they are locked in. And since we live in a community where a lot goes on during the weekend, whether it's golfing, fishing, or going to see uh, kids play their own uh, Little League games, we, we are able to plan now. We have a 7 o'clock game against App State on September the 11th, 12 o'clock game on September the 18th against Michigan State, and the Virginia game on September the 30th has a 7.30 kickoff. Correct. So you can now lock those into your uh, calendar and know exactly how you're going to spend the month of September almost. 
Okay, and one other thing, uh, a lot of our attention is on football, but it looks like basketball at the Wasco Center is also going to return to normal. It'll be basketball season before we even know it. And with that being said, we went out with all of our season ticket renewal and new sale information uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And so we have availability on a season ticket basis to support uh, both the men's and women's basketball programs um, with a variety of different options. So um, once again, you can contact the Hurricanes ticket office, uh, reach out to us uh, online as well. And we are looking forward to having basketball available to our fans uh, for the upcoming season. Something we missed, obviously, with the COVID pandemic. Um, did not have any crowds at the Watsco Center this past year. So really looking forward to getting people back in the building and supporting Canes Hoops. Okay, and then uh, as we go on the way out, one more time, Hurricane Club members and uh, donors and so forth should be ready for an email arriving uh, with information on how to purchase at least 10 tickets to Miami and Alabama. Absolutely. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact our office. A lot of information is available online as well. And we're looking forward to seeing all Canes fans in Atlanta here in just uh, a couple of months. All right, Dan Boyd has been our guest. Dan, thank you. We are going to continue to check in with you throughout the summer so we can keep everybody updated on the ticket situation. Great. Appreciate the time, Joe. All right, that's uh, Dan Boyd joining us with information on Miami and Alabama. When we come back, we will bring on Don Bailey Jr., his former teammate, Tony Fitzpatrick. We will go down memory lane a little bit. We will also talk to Fitzy about what he would say to this year's team facing Alabama and also very important for the University of Miami, the play of defensive tackles. Fitzy, one of the great ones for the University of Miami. What would he say to guys like Nesta Silvera and Jared Harrison Hunt? So we'll get the perspective of Tony Fitzpatrick, who Howard Schnellenberger once said was the rock of my defense. Fitzy, a national champion on the 1983 team. He will come up next. So it should be very exciting. And speaking of exciting, I have some exciting news for you. I have exciting news from Williamson Cadillac. They have just announced, just in, a limited time vehicle buyback program. Bring in your pre-owned vehicle. They'll buy out, they will buy you out of your current Ally or GM financial lease contingent of current equity and dealers final appraisal. And right now, you'll get the best trade value the automotive industry has seen in years. Not only that, you'll avoid lease end penalties like excess mileage fees and wear and tear. You don't want to miss this exciting opportunity, so schedule your appraisal right now with Williamson Cadillac. Visit their state-of-the-art facility, easily located at US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. Williamson Cadillac, your premier electric dealership. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Memorial Day begins the summer. And before you know it, it will be Labor Day weekend and will be Miami and Alabama. So there's not a lot of time now for Miami between now and really the start, even though it seems like an eternity. A lot of things go on between now and then, between recruiting and offseason conditioning and all those things. This is a really important time for Hurricanes football. You know, Joe, we're down to about 70, 75 days until kickoff. And, um, well, about 90 days, I should say. But it's, it's going to be – it's very important right now, especially the conditioning. And they had a lot of young men enroll early at the University of Miami for that first summer session. And those guys got to come in and really get up to speed because the competition is going to begin immediately. And, and the good news is, is that everything's open for competition. Uh, you got, we're also hoping that De'Aaron King is, is healthy and he's getting over his injury. But there's uh, – as of this moment, there's competition for the – for the backup quarterback job and every every other position is wide open and now's the time that you can you can gain points and you can climb up that ladder in the offseason at least you can make an impression on your on your coaches right now you have with you 
uh, Tony Fitzpatrick, who is a great run stopper. Uh, I'm going to get him to chip in on this in a moment. But that is one area where we've talked about over and over. Miami has to get better. And Fitzy was a great defensive tackle. Uh, can we improve in that spot this year? You know, I certainly hope so, and, and it's mandatory. Uh, I, I, you guys talked about it extensively last year. I thought that Silvera was the key to the defensive success last year at the defensive tackle spot. You know, I have my own opinions because I realize in my playing career, if you can't block the, the defensive tackle, you can't defeat the defense. And um, sitting beside one of the best that ever played at Miami, and without question, if Miami's going to have a, a great year defensively, They've got to get help from that defensive line. All right, so we do have with us on the show uh, former Hurricane great defensive lineman Tony Fitzpatrick, uh, national championship winner Tony Fitzpatrick on the 83 team, uh, played in the USFL, and, of course, also was an an assistant coach during his time here in the last couple of years or so. Uh, Fitzy, can you hear me? Can hear you clearly, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Let me ask you this: uh, before we jump into the University of Miami today, and we got a couple of guys going to play that defensive tackle position, uh, we lost your great coach Howard Schnellenberger, who did say the rock of my defense was Tony Fitzpatrick. What did, what did Coach Schnellenberger mean to you? Well, to me, Joe, um, he was like a dad to me. Um, I got an opportunity to play at Miami because people like uh, Don Bailey and Danny Brown and different people that were on my all-star team talked to their coaches that were recruiting from Miami uh, and had lifetime friendships like Coach Brodsky telling them about, you know, watch me the whole week and and then Coach Snellenberger uh, come watch me during the all-star game. And I was lucky enough to get uh, MVP for the South squad, which Don and I were on. and, and, uh, And I had a scholarship to Liberty University which at that point it was Liberty Baptist. And um, so I said, I was going to go there. He said, if I was college, do you want to come to Miami? I said, I got to, I got to take care of myself. He, well, I got there for two days, got back uh, on the phone. My dad had been calling, Miami had been calling. Coach Norman had a scholarship, and I went to the University of Miami. Long story short, uh, I was a linebacker when I got there, and Joe, Jim Burt was my roommate. and mm-hmm. I became a nose tackle, and, and – was probably trained by one of the best coaches in college football, uh, Harold Allen, and 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 a defense coordinator, uh, Coach Alvadotti, and then a head coach, Howard Stellenberger. Um, I had I had great mentorship. I had great leadership. I had people that really cared about us, uh, cared about us about us as people, cared about us as, as players, and made sure that we were good on and off the field. And uh, having a roommate like Jim Burke, uh, I got strong pretty quick. I was in the weight room with him a lot. And uh, used a lot of techniques from Tony Ciccolo and Jim Bird and, and uh, you name it. We had some of the greatest. I mean, you know, when you got guys. And another thing, I was I was scared to death of losing my job because I had uh, Darren McMurray and Dallas Cameron and Jerome Brown sitting behind me. You know, we uh, we love to celebrate our championships with the University of Miami. Uh, I think sometimes uh, we forget, some some people forget uh, the 83 championship, and, and that was one of the greatest games of all time. I think the team uh, that Don was on, the 81 team, probably could have competed. That, that team could have competed with anybody in any year. But I did want to ask you, uh, since we're on this topic of, of champions and championship games, and uh, I, I know where you're going to go with this, but... I want you to tell our audience what you remember about the 83 championship experience and what it was like going up against Nebraska and, and what you played through in that game. Well, starting out right off the bat, you know, we go up to Florida and have a tough go at it and uh, lose, I think, 28-3 to opening game to Florida at Florida Field. And Coach Number got back, and he, I heard him many times say this, and it just blew me away when he said it, that, he told his staff, he said, gentlemen, we were very close to winning this game. We lost 28-3. to <laughs> And we hung out as a defense as much as we could with a redshirt freshman, Bernie Kozar, battling his guts out, an offense line by a battle his guts out. Because Florida had a heck of a football team that year. And if he would have had, he told his staff, if Bernie would have had a half a second to a second later, he had receivers running wide open and very smart. And here's a redshirt freshman and him telling his staff that a redshirt freshman we could have won that game. So then we go the next week against against University of Houston. They took a, a ball down the field, score against us. 
Coach Nellenberg gets us on the side of the field. He says, I thought we talked last spring and said we're going to be a good football team. We beat them 29-7. to And I don't think they crossed the 50 the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just went on and on like that with Purdue, with Notre Dame. With, and we had like five shutouts in, in other games that we only gave teams seven points. And then, and then against West Virginia, uh, we're beating them. They were supposed to be one of the best teams in the country that year. We are beating them, beating Jeff Hostetler up, sacking him, beating him up. And I tear my bicep off my shoulder two minutes left in the game. I missed the East Carolina game, and a lot of people don't understand this. East Carolina lost to the three Florida teams that year by a total of nine points. Yeah. That's they were. And we could have gotten beat very easily at home by them. I think we won nine to seven. Then we go up to Florida State and have an incredible battle with them where we kick a field goal with seconds left to beat, you know, to beat Florida State at Florida State and get the Orange Bowl bid. Six weeks after tearing my bicep off my shoulder, I went 96 plays against Nebraska, probably one of the best teams of all, all time in college football, especially running the ball. Um, I mean, they had Dean Feinkoer, Grivinger, Trainer Witz all in the, in the middle interior three. They had Urban Fire, Mike Rozier. You know, Tur- I mean, Turner Gill was pulling the strings. He was the quarterback. I mean, they had a team that, that no one – they were beating people 50 and 60 points a game. And so when we get in that game, uh, Coach Schilder had a unique way of – of making you believe it didn't matter who was across the field we're going to win if you did your job and time didn't run out. Because we didn't get beat by a lot of teams in the years before we had that national championship run. His, his statement was the, cl- the clock just ran out. Yeah. So he had us believe we could win any game if we did our job and we finished strong. That's what we did the spring before, and that's why we went on that 11-game winning streak and beat one of the best time- teams of all time, and especially running the ball in Nebraska in 1983, 84-Orange Bowl, 83 season. If I was to try to explain again to, to some of the fans that, uh, you know, that weren't around uh, for that championship season, that, that Nebraska game, Nebraska at that time in college football, they were the equivalent of what Alabama is today times 10. 100%. 100%. They were, they were, especially, and I've said it a couple times, especially in running the ball. Uh, they ran the ball down people's throats and made them like it. They were beating people 50, 60 points a game, which a lot of passing teams be, do this these this day in time with, with their with their prolific offenses. But they were doing it running-wise. No one could stop them. It was like wave after wave after wave of great offense linemen. Even during the Orange Bowl, they had two and three offense lines when a lot of teams have – one offensive line and fight their guts out for every play they have. They, they, it was like a wave after wave of great offensive linemen playing for Nebraska. Tony Fitzpatrick and Don Bailey, Don Bailey Jr., one of the all-time great centers for the Hurricanes, one of the all-time great defensive linemen for the Hurricanes with us on the show here. Hey, uh, Fitzy, Miami's going to play Alabama on Labor Day weekend. Uh, what would you tell Miami players today about that challenge of playing Alabama in Atlanta on September the 4th? If I were talking to the team as a former player and a former coach and, and just all the time I've been around football, I would say just leave it on the field. All you can do, and, and, and you know, you get a lot of these coaches, you know, give me 110%. There's no such thing as 110%. Give 100% of what you got. Every player, leave it on the field and let the chips wait, you know, lay where they may. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Because I'm going to tell you what, with a guy like Derek King, with a guy like Derek King pulling the strings, anything can happen. And then, I think I think uh, we got a, a lot of young players on defense. I think we need to step up and and and, and play like we know how to do Miami Hurricane football and defense. Uh, they're, they're, I'm gonna tell you something. They're gonna come with a great football team. I don't care who lines up for them, because if people say you know, oh, this guy graduated, that guy graduated, they just replace it with a five-star athlete. They just reload, and it doesn't matter what coaches they have over there. Nick Saban, time after time after time, gets a lot of change in coaches, but they do a great job. Miami will do a great job. I just want to get out of there with a – if we get an opportunity to win, win the game. I just want to get out of there with an opportunity to win the game and, and no, no injuries. Why? Because we have 11 more games. What would you tell you – Anesta Silvera that's going to be in there, defensive tackle, uh, Jared Harrison Hunt. What would you tell Miami defensive tackles? Uh, you know, the Alabamas, or the, the SEC, that game is – everybody will say it's a line of scrimmage game. What, what, would you, what would your advice be to Miami defensive linemen against Alabama? Well, for one thing, let me tell you what we got. The Miami Hurricanes got another defensive line coach back, and this guy was here, and now he's back, and the, and the – 
and and Coach Simpson, and uh, he's he's a great football coach, and I'm glad he's back because I think he does a great job with these kids. He'll have them revved up. And, and let me tell you something: if you have one competitive fiber in your body, you'll be ready for this football game, the kickoff classic. But if you're a defensive lineman, and, and Coach Simpson gets them all ready to go, technique wise, play, knowing the plays, all stuff like that, he'll have them. He'll have them chomping at the bit. And, and all you got to do, you got to you got to attack and get the ball. Attack and get the ball. Because when you tie up with a bear, you're going to lose. You know, people say you're five ten, five eleven. I don't care what I was. I knew if I tied up with a bear, I was going to lose. So I would hit, react, and get to the ball. Or depending on the defense we were running, I would hold two or three of them in the middle to so let to let uh, Jay Brophy and the crew run. So you, they'll, they'll do their job. They'll they'll uh, they'll hold their own. We just got to have linebackers that are blowing running backs up. You don't want you don't want running backs from Alabama. The first person to hit them is our free safety. This coach Simpson will have these kids getting off of blocks, making tackles. You cannot have running backs running by the the defensive line and getting wind burns. I, I <laughs> I've, I've seen that years, not, not recently, but past years, and it burned me up as a defensive player and as a coach. The free safety can't be the first guy hitting the ball, hitting the ball carry. Why? Because that's 10, 12 yards downfield. You got to have defensive linemen that play the run and play the pass. Get off the block, make the tackle. That, that's, hey, let me tell you something. I can say myself is one of the best. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I was around a lot of the best ones. Myself, Sapp, uh, Jerome Brown, uh, you name it, Cortez Kennedy, a lot of great, Kevin Fagan, a lot of them got off the block and made the play. We, I played like there was nobody hot behind me. I didn't want anybody else to make the play. You are there with Don Bailey Jr. You now, you guys, you won the championship in '83. Uh, the team he, you, the team he had in '81, as I mentioned earlier, that went nine and two. Had a chance. That was a championship team. That had Jim Kelly at quarterback. Who would have won '81 or '83? Gosh, that's a, that's a hard. I'm gonna tell you what. That'd have been two great quarterbacks going against each other. That's hard. That's hard. That's hard. I'm going to tell you this, though, what's even harder to make a uh, prediction, who, who to win, 81, 83, or 01? No. 01 was a great one. Yeah. I think we'll all surrender to 01, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, between the two, I wouldn't – I'm friends with both quarterbacks. I'm friends with a lot of key guys on both teams. That would be hard to pick because I'm going to tell you what, you got a bunch – you might might have had a bunch of – no name guys on the on the '83 team. You got a lot bigger names on the '81 team, but I'm gonna tell you, you had a bunch of no names. But they're a bunch of bulldogs. They're a bunch of fighters. We uh, let me tell you something, Coach Schnellenberger. I said he was like a dad to me. He was a mentor. He was a dad. He was he was everything you could be to a player. That uh, first time away from home. And let me tell you something. If I hung on every word he said to me. If he told me you were gonna go over and fly to. To, uh, to Russia and fight the Russians yourself by yourself, you can do it. I would believe. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you go down memory, if you told me I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. If you go down memory lane like this, and you, people. Uh, start looking at the University of Miami. They talk about you know, Canes in the NFL, and it usually goes to you know guys from 2000 on, maybe maybe before that. I guess well, I, I'd be wrong in that. People people would talk about uh, the Michael Irvins and the Blades and all that. But in your your guys' era, that 79 to 83 era, you know Freddie Marion, Ronnie Lapet, uh, Jim Burt, uh, you guys had plenty of dudes that made the NFL. We had a lot of guys. Matter of fact, Don has myself up here and Clem Barbarino and Scott Nicholas, who played seven years in the league. I was just talking today. I didn't know he played. He played five for Cleveland and two for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the players we talked about today, I'd like to put all those guys together and see. We, we play against that one team. There might be a shot because we had some great players, great players. Uh, Clem Barbarino is one, on one of the – let me tell you something. Clem – yeah, probably weight 250, two, two, 245. Our team will probably weight 260. Don was probably soaking wet 255. I mean, we had a bunch of dog fighters that it doesn't matter. They were prepared and they were going to, they were, they ain't been the one team in the country up at Penn State. I mean, yeah, you, you had uh, Bruce Clark at nose tackle. And uh, thank God there was no chop blocking uh, penalties that in that day and time. Because Don would hit, you know, Don would grab him and then Art and Clem would just. 
Bud saw the heck of it late. Like Fred Astaire. So it's just, it, it, there's been a lot of great players come through this school, and we need to get back to where we're, we're used to. And I think Coach uh, Diaz is doing a great job. I think he's got a great staff, and I think this thing's on its, on its way back. All right, Pitsy, you've been a great guest. How was, uh, tell our audience about Don Bailey Jr. as a leader and a player. He was a captain, and uh, I told him earlier this spring, I said, if Howard Schnellenberger made you a captain, then you must have been pretty damn special. He was pretty damn special because he was great in the locker room and a great friend and a great competitor. And I owe a lot to him because of what, uh, what he did for me uh, to get me an opportunity to get looked at by Coach Schnellenberger and Coach Brodsky at the All-Star game. We've become lifelong friends, but I'm telling you what, there's there's no one tougher than Don Bailey, especially when the ball was snapped. We uh, crazy thing, a lot of people don't know this. He was number 61, I was number 62, and we'd go against each other every day in practice because at Miami there is no going against the ones against the threes and the threes against the ones. It's ones on ones and twos on twos, and and Don and I were ones on ones, and I mean we we go and sit in our we go sit in our our, our locker room on, on the stool and think. What in the heck is going on? Why, why did we do this? And there'd be scratches and blood, and, and we'd say, "What?" This? And you know why? Because the love of the game, and the, and the love of you know, of our of our, our teammates, and, and the love of just being part of it. All right, Fitzy, you've been great uh, to join us here on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, Don, that was a lot of fun, right? It's always fun. <laughs> this is. Uh... It's been one of the best four or five days of my life. I got that joke being around these guys, and uh, it's amazing. How, it's amazing how much better we've gotten over the years. That's all I yeah. can tell you. Like a, like a good wine, Joe. It gets better with years. <laughs> Now, Clem is, gonna, Clem is ready for your return trip to Pittsburgh. Well, we hope it's a return trip to Pittsburgh. Anyway, uh, Halloween, uh, we go to Pittsburgh. At least we think we go to Pittsburgh. I know the team's going to Pittsburgh. We're hoping we're going. We're going, Joe, and I've already got reservations at the Barbarino house. So we're, we're all good. We all put the best door of the pepperoni bread, and, and, and so everything's going to be ready to go. All right, I forgot about the pepperoni bread. Tell Clem to, to send down some of that pepperoni bread. All right, thank you uh, to you and, and Fitzy for being on the show. Say hello to Scotty and uh, Clem, and uh, have a great rest of the weekend. Thank you, Joseph. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you, brother. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Back on the show, and we are so delighted to have with us Estella Perez-Samariba from the University of Miami women's tennis team. And uh, Stella, of course, just an absolutely incredible career at the University of Miami. We will run down all of her accolades during the course of our conversation. But last week, Stella played for the national championship for the second time, came up just a little bit short, but made it all the way to the national championship match with an incredible effort and an incredible journey. Stella, thank you for being with us, and congratulations on all of your accomplishments and decorations. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words and thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, honestly, last week was, was amazing. It was very emotional, too, but very happy that, you know, I was able to make a run in that tournament. So, yeah, excited. Let's go to the national championship match just for a second. We don't have to break down the match. Just... What will you take away from that? What will you remember about the feeling, the excitement of just going on the court that day, representing the University of Miami and playing for another national championship? Well, I mean, it's always an amazing and unique experience to play for national championship. It's it's not easy to know that your last match playing for the University of Miami uh, is going to be that one because there's so much on the line. Um, so yeah, again, you know, it, it, it was an amazing experience, you know, I had so much support from, from, um, my friends, from teammates, my coaches, uh, UM staff that came to, to watch and, um, super grateful for that. And, you know, I think, uh, 
Emma Navarro, my opponent, she played an amazing, an amazing uh, tennis match. She she's had a great season, and you know, I think that I was um, a little emotional, obviously, um, but I was very, very proud of you know just putting myself in that position, in that situation. Um, but yeah, it was it was very, very exciting, and I was very, very grateful. Let me uh, tell our audience, uh, our University of Miami audience, some of the things that you have accomplished in your career. Soon to be a five-time ITA All-American. Second most wins in ACC history. You are 94-9 in dual matches. Second player in collegiate tennis history with four Sweet 16s, three Final Fours, two Final Berths, and a national title in the NCAA Singles Championship. Seventh three-time NCAA Singles Championship semifinalist ever. And sixth player to be a top three seed in the NCAA Singles Championship three times. Of course, the list keeps going on and on. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's crazy to think about it. Um, I'm glad that I never really focused on, you know, awards or results. It was always kind of trusting the process, trusting the people around me. And, you know, now I look back and obviously I'm very proud of myself. And, you know, I think it was a team effort from, you know, all the people that, that um, all the team that I have behind me. So, um, honestly, it's it's very gratifying and fulfilling to feel the way that I'm feeling right now, and very happy, honestly, very proud. Let's go back to your run to the national championship. It was not an easy road. You got yourself into a match where you fell behind, uh, lost the first set. You're down five love in the second set. You're down to match point. Tell us what happened from that point on. (laughs) Well, honestly, I actually, I'm actually surprised that I was very, very calm. I, I played an amazing point. Um, it was actually pretty long. And I just stayed together. I kind of played my my style of tennis, and it paid off. And then when I just won that game, I was like, let's, let's put the foot on the gas. Uh, I think that I wasn't ready to finish um, that day. I wasn't ready to, you know, say goodbye. So... I just fought back, and I was very glad that I was able to get the comeback. Um, you know, and that just shows how much I really wanted to get far in that tournament. So, very happy. You were basically down to a Hail Mary, right? Uh, if we put this in football terms, you were down to a Hail Mary and found the fortitude to dig out of that. Where, where, did, that, where did that courage come from? Well, I mean, I think that um, I, I worked very hard during the season, and fitness is one of my strengths. So I think that, you know, it's at the end of the day, it comes, uh, it's, it's all about the heart, about the, the, the hard work that is, that is being put in throughout the whole year. And, you know, I think that, um, that my, my preparation is very good. So when I go into these matches and I am in tough positions, um, I really trust my, you know, my preparation, what, what I've worked on, and it pays off. And this match, I think it was one of those examples. I just made it physical at the end, and um, I was able to get it over you. How about your, uh, your journey to the University of Miami, now that you've had maybe a chance to reflect on it? What has it been like for you? How has it changed you to come over here from from Spain to come to the University of Miami and not only be a tennis player, very successful tennis player, but also a member of our community and, of course, doing so well in school? I mean, honestly, I cannot even put that into words, Joe. Um, it's been the experience of a lifetime. I've trained so much in many different ways, personally, physically. My tennis has evolved a lot as well. Um, you know, I look back and I was a little girl from Spain that could barely speak English, uh, that basically didn't know what was going on, a different culture. I didn't know what college tennis was about and... I just bought into the program, you know, and I realized that I could not only leave a mark on this program by my work ethic or my values, um, but also, you know, um, I could become a great tennis player. And basically, I took advantage of the amazing resources that we have here at the University of Miami. Um, I took advantage of the, of the, you know, the, the team, the, the atmosphere, the environment, and all of the support that we have, which is amazing. 
Um, and, and again, I'm super grateful. Stella, my next question, or next two questions, are a little bit away from, from tennis. Uh, coming to the University of Miami, and I know you have to spend so much time dedicated to tennis, but was there another sport, whether it was football, baseball, or basketball, that you had a chance to attend and a team that you had a chance to root for at the University of Miami? Um, you mean if, if there are like other athletes that have inspired me Years from other, you know, sports. Yes. Did you go to maybe a University of Miami yeah. football game? <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, I'm very good friends with some track athletes. I mean, Michelle, she's another national champion. And it's been amazing to, you know, share the training room and, and other facilities with her because every time we catch up and we, we talk to each other a little bit about our schedules and our goals for the season. Um, I've also attended, you know, baseball games and and a few football games as well. I don't, as an international student, and I don't really know the rules of football or baseball. So every time I just go there, and I just, I just love the atmosphere. I love being a fan. I don't know what's going on. People scream, so I scream, or people cheer, so I cheer. I, people get mad, and I get mad. So. Um, it's it's very funny and I just love it and I try to go with people that know about the game and, and make uh, make the experience a little bit more enjoyable. Um, but honestly, I think that's one of the best things about college athletics that uh, it's just it's not just like your sport but like but like so much and, and you know the culture, the traditions, the the UAM history. It's it's very powerful and honestly that's something that I really take away from this country. Which I love. Yeah. Okay, so um, you got your your bachelor's degree and master's degree. What was the most satisfying course that you took at the University of Miami? Well, I mean, I've I've done two different uh, fields because I was in the business school first, um, which you know gave me a lot of um, you know uh, background in economics and the business world, which I think. It's super important for for the future and to know how to manage money and, and all of that. And my master was very interesting, very practical as well. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it because we we talked about sports a lot and and you know marketing and and, and promotions and also um, you know the financial aspect of the industry and sporting events as well. And I took this class um, last semester called leadership skills in the sports industry and honestly it, it was very very helpful um you know being a leader is is very powerful it's very important and there are many different approaches that a person can take um you know when when being a leader and it was very very helpful because it, it did help to know myself a little better and just also find ways to communicate with people in a better way and, and, you know, how to have an impact in them in like a deeper way. Stella Perez-Samariba is our guest, University of Miami women's tennis player, uh, runner-up this year, played in the national championship. What is next for you, Stella? Your college career is over. Now, now what is next for you? Well, I am planning on going back to Europe and play professional tennis. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy because making a living out of that, um, it's, it's definitely a challenge. But I'm very excited for, for my next, my next chapter. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the future holds for me, but I've obviously, I'm going to try to give my best in whatever I do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a cane. So I'll definitely, um, <laughs> that definitely will help me for sure. And, you know, um, I'm excited for my next chapter. Might me, uh, might we see you one day play at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open in New York? <laughs> that would definitely be a dream coming true. So, yeah. And then if we go back to the national championship match, what what was that like for you? You did run into a really really solid opponent. Well, I mean, I I played against an opponent that basically um, had an amazing season, even though she was a freshman. I think the way she behaves on the court is is very impressive uh, for a first year student, and you know I think that um, she she felt very comfortable that day, and um, I didn't have my my best day, and 
you know, it was a little emotional for me as well. So um, I think she, she deserved it. She played a very solid match. And, you know, whether she decides to go back to college or play professional tennis, she's going to do great. And, you know, it's been a pleasure to have her on the on the collegiate tour. Can you uh, sum up going through that week emotionally? That had to be uh, both draining but also exhilarating, right? Uh, to keep winning, getting to the national championship match, that had to be a heck of a week, a heck of a run for you. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely emotional, uh, but I was very happy. I was very proud of how I handled situations throughout the matches. It's not easy to know that you're playing your last uh, college tournament or even your last match. So, um, you know, I think that I was very tough. I was relentless and I wasn't ready to say goodbye until the last, the last, last match. Um, so, yeah, very proud of my fight, very proud of my emotional intelligence throughout the whole week. And, you know, um, I have great support from teammates, from coaches, from uh, staff, uh, you know, friends and, and UM and Miami people that came to support me. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for them. So, very, very glad, very, very happy, and, and yeah. Last thing for you. you, you mentioned how hard it is to say goodbye. We saw some pictures of you uh, hugging your coach, Paige Yeroshuk Twos. How hard is it to say goodbye to Paige? <laughs> Listen, I, I cannot even put that into words. Um, you know, she's been such an amazing and great mentor for me, and, um, you know, sh- she... She challenged me, she pushed me, she believed in me, and she put trust, she put her trust in me. And honestly, that's that's the best thing that a coach can do for a player. And, you know, her expectations of me were always very, very high, which definitely helped me to get better. And, you know, I now I look back and I, I owe her everything. And I don't know, I'm just so grateful that I, that I, um, I had her as a, as a mentor and you know I, I've been very lucky to to just have her by my side uh, this whole journey and you know she changes people's lives in a way and you know whoever whoever is uh, learning with her is, is very lucky and uh, you know she changed my life and I will always be forever grateful for, for what she's done for me. She gave me basically the opportunity to become the best version of myself. So, um, yeah, very happy, very grateful, and she's the best, honestly. Well, you've been a uh, great ambassador for the University of Miami alongside a tremendous athlete. Congratulations on everything that you accomplished at the University of Miami, and we all wish you the very best of luck in the future. Whatever you end up doing, we know that you're going to do it in a first-class championship manner. So thank you and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for your time and and your words. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t